Welcome, everybody. This is the IBN Big Ten Podcast Preview. Coming at you guys live with win some, lose a little. And I got back with me my co-host, the Big Ten expert, somewhat biased, Marcus Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, Marcus, give me a second. I got to... I gotta run through um gotta run through the numerous websites so that I can get the um the yeah, best sure. gambling lines for everybody. But um since we, we got a little downtime, let's talk about your school, bro. We're not gonna necessarily start with Ohio State, <laughs> but I gotta address this. Y'all are the most arrogant people I've ever met from a fan base. How do you how do you even comprehend trying to to trademark V. Well, in defense of my alma mater, I will say this. It is a little crazy. <laughs> Even for me, I'm like, all right, that's a little crazy. But when you think about it, we're a brand. Like, I mean, point blank, period. I mean, if you look around, I mean, if you crunch any of the numbers, whether it's apparel and merchandising, TV numbers, like the Ohio State University is always there. So I think it's a good play. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to get denied 100%. But, I mean, if you can get that for – and, I mean, they just want to use it on hats and T-shirts. So, I mean, it's not really that big of a deal. But I do think it is a little outrageous, even for my alma mater. So I don't know if I'm 100% on board with it yet either. I think it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> Which, I mean, as much as I would love – love to support Ohio State. I mean, I think at this point, you know for sure, but other people might not know. I am not an Ohio State fan. I merely cheer <laughs> for them at the expense of Michigan tears, which really only means a lot to me if, if Harbaugh loses. Once Harbaugh leaves, I honestly won't even care. I promise you, I won't even care. <laughs> but um, I, I have to um, I have to always take swipes any chance I can get at Harbaugh. And anything that makes Ronnie mad, um, also makes me happy. So there you go. I just get that disclaimer out the way before we start. I am not going to be biased. I promise. I'm going to give an honest opinion on what I perceive. Okay. So we will start. Neither, I'm, people, I will say this. People think I'm. You know me pretty well. I'm not biased yeah. to Ohio State. I call it how I see it. Like if the Bucks mm-hmm. are good, we're good. If we, you know, we're bad, we're bad. So I know people out there just think. I mean, Michigan is an easy target. They're easy punching bag. But no, nah, I'm not biased. I'm actually a big yeah. Jim Harbaugh fan. You know that. Like, we talk, it's like, yeah, I, I like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. So, we will start in the East um, for Big Ten. So, the Eastern teams, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers. Now, before we start, are you open to them um, reformatting the the conferences or the divisions within the conference? Well, my thing is, if you realign the divisions, um, so I guess I'm guessing they want to put Ohio State and Michigan in opposite divisions, but mm-hmm. make that a play-in cross-divisional game. And I just don't like the idea of Ohio State and Michigan playing each other twice or possibly even three times. I don't like the realignment issue. I mean, I think the argument for teams like Maryland and Indiana, if you're in the East and, you know, you have to play Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State to try to become bowl eligible. That's tough when you're, mm-hmm. you look and you think about it on the West where you can, you know, play Purdue, Indi- uh, Purdue, Iowa, I'd say Northwestern, um, Illinois. So 
I don't like it, but I see why teams in the lower to the middle level of division will want it. But no, I'm not in favor of it. Yeah, I feel like it might be a conference thing. Like, um, like it's something that they would have to get Ohio State, Michigan, obviously on board with this. So if you're Indiana, yeah, Maryland, or one of those smaller schools, it ain't gonna work. But that is a gauntlet, man. If you're one of those programs, so, you got to go through four teams that are immediately ranked within the top fifteen every year. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, and think about the flip side. I'm like, okay, so now if you put Ohio State and Michigan opposite division, now Michigan's going to run the West, and Ohio State's mm-hmm. going to run the East, and those two teams will be in the Big Ten championship year after year. I mean, you know, on average. So it's like, okay, that'll be great for listen. That'll be great for ratings, great for TV to get Ohio State Michigan Big Ten championship game. But I mean, for now, if you're Wisconsin, if you're Northwestern, if you're Purdue. Now you got to go through Michigan to win your division. So that's what I'm saying. I don't really know if there's any, like, perfect scenario. Yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of that's just – it just boils down to money and, and exposure yeah. uh, for the yeah. conference because um, it will probably come up eventually in the SEC if, if somebody complains about it loud enough, if they can get enough people on board. But ultimately, a lot of these conferences do care about having proper representation – uh, within the the bowl games, even though people say, oh, bowl yeah. games don't matter, the ratings are down, et cetera, et cetera, they care. Um, and I think it's one of those things that they would entertain if they expand the playoffs. Now, if they expand the playoffs, you could potentially get Michigan and Ohio State or Michigan and Ohio yeah, State or, or Michigan, Penn State, et cetera. If you get one of those or two of those four teams or even a Wisconsin in there, um, I think it's something they would entertain. But right now, um, I don't think it really makes sense, like you said, uh, to, to oversaturate uh, one of the best rivalries uh, in college football. That's so disgusting saying that, but it is one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, who do you have winning the Big Ten East? I mean, Michigan. I think it's now or never for Jim Harbaugh, right? The boogeyman is gone. Hmm. <laughs> like, Everybody's I mean, gone, and we know, we know what's happened, right? Like, and I and I think, listen, I I think Jim Harbaugh has done an amazing job at Michigan. If you consider where they were with Brady Hope, and to mm-hmm. and then, you know, in four years to essentially, I mean, they're on the cusp, right? You can tell that they're, they're it's a it's a huge talent gap between Ohio State and Michigan. That's that's number one. If you look at how we've been recruiting, how Michigan's been recruiting, he had a lot of ground to make up. And I understand people feel his system's a little outdated and he's very hesitant to change. But I think now with Josh Gaddis and if this speed and space hashtag that they're creating, if that's what the offense is going to be, I, I think they'll be a better team. I don't know how much better yet, but I, I do think, I mean, everything lines up for them this year, man. I mean, the boogeyman's gone and you have a team with, you know, an inexperienced head coach and an inexperienced quarterback. It's, it's now or never. I mean, <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, what it what it boils down to to me, and and, and uh, I'm not I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just say I'm not gonna pick Michigan, and, and the reason for that is that I think it just ultimately boils down to I don't trust Jim Harbaugh in a in a big must win game. Um, let's say okay. both these teams come in undefeated and they're playing, which it's always a lot on the line anyway, but they're they're in a in a close tight game. In Michigan, and I've just seen too much of Harbaugh's. Like, like, it's not necessarily all on him. I've just, I've just seen enough that I don't trust him to be able to get over the hump. It's something there 
about about Ohio State in general. I don't even think it was um it was Urban Meyer. It's just something about Ohio State that, that um I don't think he can ever get over. But it also did take him um a tad bit of time to get by USC, but it, when he did, he never looked back. So, um, I mean, if there's any time that he needs to get it done, I think this year is his best chance uh, with, with the program essentially transitioning uh, with a new coach. Um, one of the things I want to harp on um, before I give it back to you is that a lot of my criticism personally uh, with Jim Harbaugh comes in and how he handled the offense. I thought it was a, a good point that you pointed out that essentially he's not going to be uh, calling the plays um, or he's Excuse me. He's not going to have as much offensive influence this year. Um, I jokingly call it modernizing the offense. Um, however, it pretty much is supposed to be that. Yeah. Um, last year, Michigan State gave you some stats that are interesting. Field position. Michigan State offensively ranked number 10 in starting field position for their offense uh, because their defense was a top five defense um, when it came to uh, – starting um, field position. So basically the defense got stops and got them in good field position, right? We talk about efficiency for that offense, ranked 28th. Explosiveness, ranked 42nd. Finishing drives, ranked 72nd. So those things matter, man. I mean, I know people people yeah. love you just a hater, you just a hater. This criticism comes from a, from a, a well-versed place. Like, Watching the game without the fan view, you really see uh, last year and even years past where Jim Harbaugh has kind of gotten into a rut against better programs, um, and not better programs in the in the sense of uh, I guess players because he's got talent, but he essentially gets out coached, especially with his road record as well. But this year, very favorable uh, schedule. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the thing for Michigan, right, is I, I think that with Jim Harbaugh, he, he's had so much success being a, a West Coast guy, right? Like, and you see even at the NFL level, for some reason, mm-hmm. very much like air raid coaches. They're very stubborn and they're very, very hesitant to change. I don't know why that has been, but, I mean, you've seen, you know, West Coast guys that have been successful. Andy Reid was always on the cutting edge, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you watch the NFL. I think now with Jim you got a guy like Shea Patterson, who is a senior, and we've seen his best football in the Hugh Free system, which is very, very similar to what Josh Gaddis is going to install. So I think mm-hmm. we're still going to see a lot of pro-style elements in a very much, you know, utilizing three, four wide receivers, backs in space, just trying to get guys on the perimeter instead of just trying mm-hmm. to out-physical everyone, you know. And I think that's going to go a long way for Shea Patterson. I just don't know – how, when things are going to get tough, right, what is Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh going to do? Like, I know it's easy mm-hmm. to say, in, you know, in September and August that, hey, I'm not going to call plays. I'm going to turn it over to Josh Gaddis. But if, let's say the offense hits a rut and, you know, things get difficult. What is Jim going to do? Is he going to revert back to, you know, what we've known and, and just be traditional Michigan football? And I don't think that's what this team needs. And to me, when I look at them, I mean, I think they're really talented. I mean, they still have – Don Brown, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and a defense that, I mean, if you really look at them outside of the Ohio State game every year, they've been a top five to top ten defense. So I'm not really worried mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. And, I mean, they got a lot of experience, too. Like I said, Shea Patterson's a senior, Tariq Black is back, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, they have, they have weapons. They have some talent. So that's why when I just look at Michigan, I mean, 
the schedule was setting up favorably. I know I was looking at my bookie. Their over-under was nine and a half. And I, I see Michigan personally, I see them going undefeated. Because if I say Middle Tennessee State, that's a win. Now, I think Army. Army's going to be very, very tricky. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. they're a top 25 team. And you know Army. In any service academy, if you cannot stop Veer and dive, they're just going to three yards and three yards to death and control the game. And this is a very that's a very tricky game, but I'm going to give them a win. They're at home. You got to be armed. You're going to Bobby. You're at Wisconsin. I think that's a win. Rutgers, that's a win. Iowa's a win. At Illinois, is a win. At Penn State is a win. Now these two back-to-back games at Penn State and you have Notre Dame at home. I think they beat Notre Dame. I think they beat Penn State. They go to Maryland on a win. A bye week. They beat Michigan State at Indiana. They win. And I think they get the big one at home against the Buckeyes. I mean, looking at the schedule, I don't see a t- I don't see a game where Michigan's not the favorite. Maybe at the Ohio State game, at, maybe against Ohio State, but I think Notre Dame they got the toughest games essentially at home. I would say Notre Dame and Ohio State, but Wisconsin is tricky, and so is going to Penn State. But I mean, unless you think differently, I, I no, think I agree. All um, those games are the favorite. I just I just looked at my bookie too. I was a little shocked, <laughs> but. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to just go out and put it out there right now. We might have a couple best bets uh, in this particular yeah, segment because nine and a half is super generous. Um, it's a lot That's of juicy games, but good God. Even with Jim Harbaugh That's calling the plays, um, he's gonna he's, he would still get 10 wins minimum with yeah, this Michigan, schedule. Yeah, um, I think Michigan's a 10-win team for sure. Yeah, like you said, uh, all their most difficult games aside from the Penn State game – are at home. Um, I would even I would even go as far as to say Maryland because Maryland for some reason can be a trap game if you're on the road. Um, but we'll have to see uh, as the season progresses. Um, and with with Maryland being sandwiched between Notre Dame and Michigan State, it gives you the impression of somewhat of a, of a letdown game because you're going to have two weeks in a row where you got some t- uh, like physical tough games that they're going to be up for. Penn State, which is on the road. Come home for Notre Dame, then you go travel uh, to Maryland, then you come back for Michigan yeah. State, which is a big game. So being sandwiched in between um, Notre Dame and Michigan State is a very good spot for Maryland. Uh, but again, we would have to see exactly what they're going to be doing by that time of the year, um, if they're going to have some confidence or not. But I, I don't have any questions whatsoever about them um, winning at least 10 games. Uh, Offensively, they're returning seven starters. Uh, they're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of those starting 11 are seniors on their offense. So um, a lot to look forward to there. Uh, they're yeah. only returning one, two, three, four, five um, people on defense, but all five are seniors. Um, and, and they again, got a couple. They got a couple guys too on that defense who didn't start, but they got a guys that had a lot of playing time last year. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it is a lot to look forward to, and I know some people um, are used to me joking them, but I truly believe if they really do stick to um, what they're saying in in the off season, where this is going to be a new offense, mm-hmm. this is going to be um, less Harbaugh and more of we're going to let our coordinators do what they do. I really think Shea Patterson would benefit from a more open offense. Um, I think he's more comfortable with that. Uh, so, yeah. again, the main thing for them is going to be finishing drives. Finishing drives is so key. 
And I think when you allow yourself to be spread out more offensively, you give yourself um, more of an opportunity. Because think about it, man. At at the college level, man-to-man, you're always going to find a weak point. You can't really say that in the NFL sometimes because those are the the cream of the crop as far as athletes go. But college, there's plenty of weak spots uh, to exploit. You just have to game plan for it and be ready for it. There's maybe three or four programs within the nation that we could probably say are caliber-wise would be uh, equal across the board. Like, you can't really find many weak points. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Michigan's Michigan's schedule, who would you say that about? Nobody, really. Yeah. yeah, There's a lot of questions, and they seem to be a seasoned team coming into the season. So – I I still I'm still not picking them because of Harbaugh, but if they did win, <laughs> if this was their year, I would not be surprised. Um, but they're not going to beat Clemson in the playoffs. So <laughs> I said at least take. Yeah. I, I agree, and I say cash me out, man. Take the nine and a half. I think it was at what one seventy five, negative one seventy five. Yeah. That's that's money. I think that's that's a yeah. safe bet. That's absolutely. It basically, that my bookie's going to be paying that out by week seven. So. Um, let's see. I guess we would both agree that our number two team would be V. Can I say that yet? Or did they, did they take it? V. Ohio State (laughs) Buckeyes as the number two team. All right. So go ahead. Get it all out. Let's, let's hear about the great day. Here's my thing, right? Um, uh, one day I feel that Ryan Day is going to, you know, just absolutely bomb it. And some days I feel like he's going to be, you know, the next great head coach in college football. And I think it's more days, as I read more and get more comfortable with, you know, I think what he wants to do offensively, I'm leaning more on the side that he's going to be one of the next great college football head coaches. And I think 83-9 and nine <laughs> over seven years is tough to replace. Historically, I mean, it's just numbers. You're due for a regression. Now, how much of a regression? Now, I want to, before I get to Ryan Day, I want to say, you know, like replacing Urban Myers is really, really tough. But I do think that seven years from now, I think we're going to have the chance to say that Ryan Day, he may not be a better coach than Urban Meyer, but I think maybe his tenure at Ohio State would be better than Urban Meyer because I think we had that 31 nothing loss to Clemson still sticks with me. That, that one really, really hurt. Then you lose games like Purdue, and, you know, you lose to Iowa. And I can kind of forget those, but it's just the playing JT Barrett on the way is the one I just didn't I'll never get over that. And I think you'll see a difference, right, in, in a round day program where he won't favor hiring his friends as assistant coaches, Greg Schiano, and uh, let's go Tim Beck and uh, Ed Warren or other guys. And he's also going to play the best player available. So I, I don't think you'll see that. But, man, this team is incredibly talented. I think, you know, people are just so concerned about Urban Meyer, but I mean, if you think, if you look at Bud Elliott, who um, I forgot what site he runs, but he did essentially a blue-chip talent inventory. And the three most talented rosters in college football were Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. And they were, all three of them were in a league of their own. Just to say how much elite talent, elite blue-chip blue four-star and five-star guys. And I think Pump the brakes a little bit early. I think early on it's going to look tough. You got a guy, Justin Fields, who's played less than 50 snaps, and you got a head coach who's a little inexperienced. But I think as the season goes on, man, I think this team is they're going to have a chance to be really, really good because the reason I am so optimistic is like I've seen what Ryan Day can do with JT Barrett, 
and I've seen what he can do with Dwayne Haskins. And Justin Fields, he doesn't have maybe as much polish and as much experience as those guys, but just pure talent, he's already exceeded both of them. And if Ryan Day can work with them, I, I got to think, man, I, I tell you, I'm looking at our schedule, and they got over under 10 wins. And I say that's about right. And I, I'll say I would definitely take the over because I see us as 11-1 and one, losing on the road against Michigan. And I think by week – I think week five, when we go on the road to Nebraska, I think you'll see Justin Fields and you'll see Ryan Day start to just take another level. I really think you'll see the team take another level. So I'm trying to, trying to pump the brakes a little bit and, and just, you know, manage expectations. But I think this team has a chance to be really, really good. When did um, Urban Meyer come back? Um, game four. Game four? So, yeah, game four. All right. So, I just think mm-hmm. it's funny because the first game back, y'all only scored 27 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, great, it was at Penn State, but I'm, I'm just saying, I personally think TCU's defense um, on the 15th, of September last year was better than Penn State uh, on the 29th of September, and you dropped 40 on them at a neutral side game, and then I'll say you, know, that, you go to... And Urban, Urban always said this early in the season that Dwayne Haskins made him uncomfortable because he, he never had a quarterback like that, right? He yeah. Look at all the quarterbacks he's had, right? You talk about Alex Smith at Utah, talk about Josh Cribbs at, at Bowling Green, Tim Tebow. The guys that he's had have been very... I would say, I hate to say dual threat because he's really just been really running quarterbacks, right? Braxton, mm-hmm. JT Barrett, and he didn't kind of know how to coach outside of that box. And that's been my biggest criticism of Urban is you can't tell me that, you know, you have a guy, you only get one year of usage out of Dwayne Haskins, and he instantly is just a top 15 pick. No. You chose to play JT Barrett over him, not understand that because, it's, you know, he's a – I got my grace with Urban. I'm not going to get into it today because I can go on and on and on all day. But <laughs> I, I think that – I'm telling you, man, it can be – I think this team is going to be really good. K.J. Hill is going to be really good. Mike Weber's coming back. Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor, Luke Farrell. I mean, the team is loaded. And then if you look on the defenses, I mean, you got Chase Young. I mean, we could start with it. Who's arguably the best defensive player in college football. He's going to be a top ten pick. Jonathan Cooper's coming back. And I think the, the changes we've made – hiring Madison and Halfley on defense. I mean, defense can't get any worse. I mean, it was statistically, I mean, you're talking about one of the worst defenses in Ohio State history. So, it, I mean, the team can only get better. And and that's why I think that people got to understand, like, Ryan Day, he, he's got a lot of work to do, but he's got a lot yeah. of talent at his disposal to get it done. So Ohio think, State is returning nine people for their defense. Which is incredible, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and you know we talked about uh, the efficiency um, aspect of offense, um, and I'll give you a little bit of the difference in Ohio State and uh, Michigan. So Michigan um, offensive starting position was in the top ten. Um, Ohio State starting position last year for field position was ranked fortieth. However, they were top eight in efficiency, top eleven in explosiveness and ranked in the top 20 in finishing drives. Those things matter. And, that, and that's yeah. a, a credit to Ryan Day, um, Urban Meyer. Um, I, I felt like at times during the season you could kind of tell where he was trying to put his, his thumbprint on, on things. But when he yeah. realized that he wasn't coming back or he had made up his mind he wasn't coming back, 
he kind of pulled back, and then we got to see a more open, um, a more open Ohio State offense. Um, one of the big biggest games that I thought was a testimony to what Ryan Day can do as a coach um, and a play caller uh, came in the Michigan game where they made an adjustment that I felt like didn't necessarily come from Ohio State, but something that they saw on film um, when Michigan played Indiana. And they just basically ran with it. They had the athletes to, to replicate it, and then yep. they expanded on it, and and it just torched them. And um, that that uh, that attitude, you know, to to not necessarily be above making adjustments of that nature, yeah. um, and especially going from game to game, I think that's huge uh, for Ryan Day and, and and a big plus for him in the program going forward. However, I will say that I don't think Ryan Day necessarily wants to be at Ohio State for long. I feel like he's a, a guy with aspirations of doing bigger things, and, and one of those things would be transitioning to the NFL at some point. Now, I will say this. How much bigger does it get than Ohio State? I mean, honestly, he can be at Ohio State for, let's say, four or five years from now, right, if he's had the type of success that we think. You're essentially the CEO of a 45 program. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're talking about a blue chip yeah. program and he's gonna be at a place Ohio State where he's gonna be his own boss. You're gonna get access to the best talent, you're gonna have the best facilities, and you're also going to be paid more than I would say seventy to eighty five percent of the NFL coaches. So I think I would pump the brakes on I know a lot of that's been the buzz, right? That oh he's gonna eventually go back to the NFL and I think Ohio State is a place that he's going to stay long-term. I, I really I really think he's going to be very, very successful, man. And I think that it, it's going to depend on this. And I said, if this, the worst thing that could happen to Jim Harbaugh is to allow Ryan Day to get hot. A big season would be the worst thing for Michigan football long-term because I don't know if people have been paying attention. We have the number four rated recruiting class in the country. Recruiting still at a high level. If you come out and you allow Justin Fields and Ryan Day in year one, to come out, be a Big Ten champion, and if things look remotely the same at Ohio State, I think you can see the gap between Ohio State and Michigan just distance even further. Because if this thing gets going, I mean, Justin Fields comes back next year. And I don't think people are thinking about 2020, but it's just that, hey, man, this is a very, very important season. And just like Lincoln Riley, you know, when he replaced Bob Stoops, is that people really didn't know, recruits didn't know, it was kind of wait and see. Mm-hmm. And once that thing got going, and now look at what you have in Oklahoma. You know, you have one of the better programs in the country, you know, playing at their maximum. So I think you can see the same thing happen with Ryan Day, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, and I um, I will say that uh, I agree with you. It's going to take – it's going to be a transitional period. Justin Fields has got a whole lot of hype. I remember when people were clowning Sunshine nice, his first man. couple starts, oh, too, and, and, and everybody yeah. was like, oh, this your guy. I remember when he got, uh, got that uh, head injury against, I want to say, Wake Forest yeah. or somebody. People were, were, had had the whole, well, you should have brought Kelly Bryant. You shouldn't have let Kelly Bryant go. And then he ends up torching Alabama unlike anything we've ever seen before. And not necessarily Justin Fields will, will hit the ground like that, but he's the type of, of athlete at the quarterback yeah. position that somebody with a fresh mind like Ryan Day could truly use. Um, Ohio State always kind of – also surrounded with mm-hmm. other four- and five-star talent. That's yeah, going to make it that much Yeah, I was going to get right to that. He's got He's got J.K. He's got dogs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every four- and five-star guys across the board. And that's why I'm like, you're just going to have to give it some time. And I think 
just like with Haskins. Remember, like, I don't know, Haskins wasn't great early on. He was good early yeah. on. That Penn State game was really his breaking out game. And I think once you get the game, I mean, it takes offenses a little while. Just, just the nature of the game from installation, getting everybody on the same page, getting the reps, understanding the verbiage, blah, blah, blah. And and that's why I'm like, okay, you know what? If we can if we can get past Nebraska, right? That's our first conference game on the road. That's going to be a really big test for Ryan Day and Justin Fields. If we can get past that, I really like it because it's we're at Nebraska and we're at Michigan State. Those are two tough games for us, and in in that's really where Ryan Day his inexperience kind of worries me. To have Nebraska on the road, you got a big you know you got a big game against Michigan State at home, but you do get a bye week and then go to Northwestern and then Wisconsin. So we're going to have a string of probably four top twenty five teams. You know, it's, it's going to be tough for him, but I think he has the talent, man, to just. To just be better than everybody, and I'm pretty confident in him and, and the staff in general. So, I mean, ten wins, I, I definitely see us as eleven win team at worst, eleven and one, maybe ten and two. I could see maybe ten and two, but I think the ceiling for this team is college football playoff and potential national champion. I, I think they're that talented. If I mean, if they can just get all their ducks in a row. Yeah, he he definitely inherited a, a winning program and a lot, you know, to build <laughs> yeah. from. So. Uh, my expectations is again bare minimum ten wins. So you're looking at a push. I wouldn't call it the the best bet just because you're still getting nine and a half with Michigan, which is just weird. Uh, so Michigan is still the best bet, but um, taking Ohio State uh, for the ten wins isn't necessarily that bad either. Um, I would say the Nebraska game is is a potential uh, issue. If not Nebraska, then you turn around and have to take Michigan State. Um, in between that and then 13 days later, you get Northwestern um, on the road as well. So three teams that are familiar with your program, their conference uh, opponents, and then having Michigan State sandwiched between them um, can be somewhat of an alarming uh, instance for the team. Uh, Wisconsin, Maryland, not necessarily going to sneak up on anybody, but then again, you got Penn State and then you got at Michigan, another situation where you could potentially yeah. – uh, have uh, a team looking ahead and uh, run into a snack. So there are a couple hiccups on the schedule, but I still think 10 wins gets it done. Um, let's see. Are we covered? Michigan, State. Michigan Ohio State. So, I mean, it's, I it's impossible to Michigan State and Penn State. It, it depends on which Brown the work he be um, and 2017, he was balling, man. I mean, he looked like an NFL, you know, caliber quarterback. And one that, mm-hmm. you know, they had pretty good quarterback play in Michigan State the last couple of years. And, but, you know, he was injured. And he took a regression in 2018, and the offense just looked horrible. But, I mean, they got a new offensive coordinator. So, I, I feel pretty good about Sparty. I mean, I think they got the best defensive line in the country. Their front seven is going to be nice. I mean, they got Thompson, Wilkes. Um, Williams, Passy Young, Joe Bocci, who's a baller. He's a senior. Um, Antoine, like, I think they probably got the, one of the better front sevens in, in college football. But it's just which Brown the work we're going to get. And, I mean, I know D'Antonio's a solid coach, but I just don't know if their program really has the depth. You know what I mean? And that's what we're kind of seeing yeah. now is that Ohio State and Michigan, you can kind of get away with an injury, two injuries, or three injuries. But a place like Michigan State, it's really, really tough to replace those guys. If they can stay healthy, I mean, this schedule pretty favorable. I mean, I think I saw on my bookie, let's see, I got it written down, over and under was eight. So I think Tulsa, that's a win for them. Western mm-hmm. Michigan, I'd say that's a win. The fight in Herm Edwards and Arizona State, I think they revenged that loss from last year and get a win. 
I think Northwestern's a win. Indiana, Ohio State's a loss. At Wisconsin's a loss. I think they they beat Penn State, beat Illinois, lose to Michigan, beat Rutgers, and beat Maryland. I mean, that's a pretty successful year. I mean, to be nine and three in your losses to be Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I think that's a very solid and successful year for Michigan State. I think that's about where the program is. But I mean, if things go right, hey, I can see. I mean, you're on the road against Ohio State. They've beaten us before. 2015, they beat us at home. So, I mean, and the Antonio coach teams, are, I mean, they're really good. They're going to compete. They're going to work hard. They're going to play hard. And they're going to be very disciplined. But, I mean, I don't know. If Brian Lewerke is what we've seen last year, then I think you'll probably see a seven or eight-win team like you saw last year. But if they can get the quarterback play going, man, I think this would be a really solid team. Man, listen. All right, so all them stats I gave y'all about offense and efficiency. <laughs> Michigan State might be the worst offense of any Power 5 school statistically out there, except for maybe the Rutgers, if you want to count them as a – well, they are a Power 5 school because they're in the conference. But good God, man, 103rd in, in field position starting, which obviously if you got a decent offense, it doesn't matter, right? 121st in offensive efficiency, 126 in explosiveness, 127 in finishing drives. These are their ranks. God, I hope they change the offense. Like, I really do. Good God. They've got 17 <laughs> returning players to this program. If they can't get you at least nine wins and a, and a – in a potential transitional year for Ohio State, I understand they still got talent. I'm high on day, et cetera. But you have a way more experienced coach and a more seasoned team. You got to give me something, man. Like, if you got to get nine <laughs> wins out of this. You got to. Uh, Tulsa, Western Michigan, like, you're starting with the fluffy as a fluff. You get Arizona, you get three home games to start. And then your first conference game is at Northwestern, a team that pretty much plays into your hands. And then you get Indiana at home. Then you got to go against Ohio State. Then you got to go to Wisconsin. That might potentially be um, um, a tough time because you got two two conference teams on the road. Then you get Penn State at home, which is a boost. You can actually get um, – it's after the bye week at that, and you're getting Penn State. So you get a rest uh, to recover from those last two games. And then you get Penn State, which you should be hyped for. Illinois is an automatic win for everybody. Um, and then you got to go to Michigan, a team that honestly, eat, like just the the Harbaugh or the Michigan, Michigan Michigan State thing. Yeah. They've yeah, they've had they've had good success against them uh, from time to time in, in games where you least expect it. Rutgers, another team that you you get an automatic win, and then you get Maryland at at home, um, which they're not historically good on the road. So. I see nine wins here. I really do. I mean, you could potentially drop back-to-back games, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then obviously Michigan. Those would be the three most threatening games in my mind just because you're getting Penn State um, at home after a bye week. So they were 7-6 and six last year. They they got to they gotta do something this year. I mean, they got to give me at least nine. Again, you got eight starters yeah. returning on your on your uh, freaking defense. Nine starters and nine on offense. Your yeah, your offense. <laughs> yeah, and then you got one, two, three, four of those nine as seniors on defense. You got one, two, three, four, five, six of those eight as seniors. Come on, man. Come on. And, and honestly, wanna... 
I was gonna say on the low in some of the the DJ circles and people that I follow when they when they uh, talk about uh, futures and, and sleeper teams, a lot of people do have Michigan State as one of those teams. Yeah, they're so. a dark horse team. I think that I mean they could if things go right, right? Like I just look at what they have returning. Like you said, I mean you got 17 out of your top 20, 22 returning. Like you know you as a senior led team, you got to think that at a place like. Michigan State, a place like Iowa, a place like Northwestern, these are the type of teams that they want to have in their program. Senior-led teams, guys who develop, because they can't, you know, year over year have the, you know, the draft picks and the in-and-out talent like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. looking at looking at the roster, man, and looking at the schedule, I don't know, I don't trust Brian Lewerke, but if he comes back to even be a shell of what he was in 2017, I think this is a 10-11 win team. So I think they're definitely over eight. I would definitely take the over the eight with Michigan State. I, I think that, like you said, they're tricky games at Ohio State and at Wisconsin back-to-back, and then you do get a bye week and you have Penn State. If they can come out of that stretch two and one or undefeated, then I think definitely you're probably looking at, you know, a national title type team. Well, a team that's eligible to go to playoffs, 11 and one, maybe an undefeated team. So, man, it's I just don't trust Lewerke. I, I I do like the team, but I mean, I, I tr- D'Antonio is a good coach, and I mean, I hate to say I'm wrong because I mean, Sparty has been you know a pain in Arthur ass since I mean the entire Urban Meyer tenure. So mm-hmm. I mean, if things go right, I can see it happening. And plus, I mean, they got a talented backfield. I think Connor Hayward, I think is his name. He was pretty good. They got Anthony Williams, who was a big time recruit for them. So I mean. The Antonio teams, they want to run the ball and play good defense. And they can do both of those things. Yeah, I think they'll be a dark horse team. I don't know if I'm really ready to say, hey, they'll be an 11-win team. I think they'll be 10 wins. Man, these dudes averaged one play of 30 or more yards for the entire (laughs) year per game. That is trash. Oh, I can't even – we've given this team too much time. I swear, if they don't get nine wins, they just burn the whole program. Like, Come on, man. How are you a power school playing that slow? Uh, Because I know we do – because Big Ten is actually pretty popular in our group, um, believe it or not. So let's go on over to the Fighting Barclays uh, from Penn State. (laughs) Not hearing much out of Penn State. Um, There's a projected record of 9-3. They won nine games last year. Just, again, one of those scenes where – Honestly, they, even if they got the talent, you question the coaching in big games. And that's unfortunately been, to me, James Franklin's uh, M.O. He just can't win these big games from time to time. Uh, looking at their schedule, um, they actually – Buffalo is not a, a scrub team, man. Uh, so, no, not a scrub. I mean, Match and yeah, baby. Yeah, if they, don't, if they don't bring their A game um, and, and take them lightly, they might Buffalo. end up – yeah, they might yeah, end up hustling too pretty. much, but um, let's see. They got – actually, they got a somewhat favorable schedule depending on the weeks that you look at. They get Michigan at yeah. home, which is which is a plus. They get Michigan um, at home. They, they got a three-game stretch that's tough at Iowa, Michigan at home, and at Michigan State. That's a tough Honestly, you can throw Minnesota in there, too. You can throw Minnesota in there, too, because Fleet – Sneaking them are pretty tough they're in sneaky. Minnesota. Yeah, they're sneaky. Yeah. They're, they're, a bold, they're a bold team. They're, they're sneaky. They're an eight-win team. I think that I think Minnesota would be good. But I think if you're Penn State, you got to go on the road and you got to beat Minnesota. Like, you want to be mm-hmm. – like, James Franklin has been talking. 
you know, we're just not there. We're not elite yet. We're not getting over the hump. Well, I think years like this year as well, you prove that you don't rebuild, you reload. That's how you kind of get over the hump. I like Sean Clifford. I, they, listen, Penn State, Penn State has some talent, man. I, I like Sean Clifford. I like Ricky Slade. Um, he's from Northern Virginia. Noah, Cade is, Noah Kane is going to be a, a big-time running back for them. Um, he's a freshman, but I think he's going to get a lot of snaps. Hamler, who had that big play, that like 75, 80-yard play against us, he's pretty good. They got a guy, Justin Shorter. He was one of – I want to say he was the number one wide receiver recruit in the country from coming out of New Jersey. And he just kind of – he took – they red-showed him last year and expecting some big things from him. So I think the offense would be good. Defense um, – they got one of the better defensive linemen in the country with Gross Matos, I think his name. I can't pronounce his name, but he's a baller. He gave up a lot of issues. Michael Parsons good. Um, Shaka Tony's good. I like John Reed, the senior, Castro Field. So I think Penn State's going to be good. Can they get it? Sean Clifford, how good is he, right? Like, I just every, to me, everything always comes back to quarterback play. And I think that early on, like you said, the schedule's favorable. Idaho, Buffalo, <laughs> Pittsburgh, and at Maryland. And I think if you can kind of, you know, get him in the rhythm and you can build an offense that's around him, I think it'll be pretty good, man. I mean, I just think it's really tough because I don't see them being better than Michigan or Ohio State. But I think they're on par with Michigan State. But I just, like you said, in big games, I just trust D'Antonio more than I do James Franklin. So I think if they can they, – they're going to score points. I do like Ricky Ronnie as an offensive coordinator. And I think losing McSorley is going to be a big deal, man. I mean, he was the hardest soul of that team the last three years, and he won a lot of big games for him. So, Sean Tucker's going to have to, you know, step in as a sophomore with not a lot of game experience. Mm-hmm. And with a coach who's been <laughs> – I don't – James Franklin makes some interesting decisions. But I think with him, Ricky Ronnie, I think the offense will come together. I think they'll be really, really good. I think they'll be – Let's see. I think I got them winning three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got them winning nine games. I got them losing to Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. I mean, and those are the teams I think that are better than them. I'm just giving the Michigan – I think they're better than Michigan State, but they're just on the road. So, I, I, I think that that's a loss, and I trust Antonio more. So, the things can get going, man. I mean, they're returning 12. They're returning six on offense and six on defense. And – Penn State's recruited pretty well, too, over the years. So I think this would be the year that maybe they set up their – I think next year this probably will be their year. But I think this year is probably a 9 or maybe a 10-win team. Yeah, they, they've also got a luxury of um, returning um, half of their defense, which is, is pretty solid. And the half that they're returning uh, – with six returning starters on defense and then five yeah. of them are seniors, um, which is a pretty big deal. Those things matter. Uh, when you're looking at teams that can handle the, the the emotions of a college football season, I think that really matters. Um, they got some games early on, like Buffalo, uh, I guess you would call a rivalry with Pittsburgh, but games like that that, that will at least make you compete a little bit. Um, and yeah. They're not just going to coast in. Um, and then they go to Maryland, uh, Purdue, Iowa, Michigan, at Michigan State, at Minnesota, Indiana, at Ohio State, Rutgers. So they, they've got some tests um, because they've got um, some tough road games. But uh, they they got the athletes, like you said, they do. I, I won't disrespect that. At the end of the day, I mean, if you are – because the line's at eight and a half, and you got eight wins, are you going to really bet on – James Franklin to get you that ninth win if it's got to be at Ohio State or or at Michigan State 
or against Michigan. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's, that's a little too tight for me, a little too tight for me. Now, there's probably fans out there that are more confident and, and believe that they're going to go nine and, and three. And by all means, if you think that, shoot your shot. But I'm going to stay a step back. They did go nine and four last year. Um, and one I of those that, losses, obviously, about, was the bowl game. I think James Franklin is – I think he's a nine to ten win coach. I think that's about mm-hmm. right. I, I, I look at the games on their schedule that's favorable. I, I mean, I know Minnesota will be tricky, but they got to beat Minnesota. Like, I, I'm sorry, you got to beat me. Penn State, you got to beat Minnesota if you want to be, you know, one of the better teams in the mm-hmm. Eastern Division. Indiana, that's a win. Rutgers, a win. Iowa. I, I, t- I feel comfortable taking the eight and a half. Nine and a half, not so much. But it, or nine, no. But eight and a half, I feel comfortable with taking the, the Nittany Lions at eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, and I look at these lines that are, that are being set for the Big Ten East, and it's almost <laughs> like they're anticipating everybody to win. Like, somebody got to lose. Yeah. Somebody, somebody got to fall lose. short, man. Somebody's it ain't going to be Michigan. Uh, maybe it will be Ohio State. I don't know. But I, I'd rather bet on Michigan, uh, take my chance with a push at Ohio State, and then just in general take the, the veteran team in Michigan State to squeeze out the over on on their particular list. And um, to to go with what I think is just a lot of variables in Penn State, so not obviously not a year that they're hyping themselves up to be anything that are like world beaters, but like you stated, they've recruited well. Um, it'll it'll come around eventually, but I personally think this might be a little bit of a down year for them. Uh, let's see, we got Rutgers. We're not going to waste time on them. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, I was saying I, I can see the being a down year and. I- but I think nine, I think nine wins is safe. I think you can feel pretty yeah. decent if you're a Michigan okay. fan. I think who else we got? Indi- Indiana, Maryland, and Indiana. I, I like their offense in Indiana. They're they're sneaky. They're sneaky, but they I don't think obviously they don't have the, the team for it. This Maryland is, is an interesting team. I think. Here's the thing. I think Indiana and Maryland are in very similar positions. I think Indiana for the first time has probably had enough depth. To compete because I mean they compete well in the in the Big Ten. I mean they just don't have mm-hmm. the depth to pull off the upsets like a Purdue, or they don't have you know enough talent to to keep them in games. But they're mm-hmm. always around. They always play us really really tough. And I like Tom Allen as a coach. I still don't think. I mean I don't know. I mean Peyton Ramsey's been such an up and down guy at quarterback, but the defense is going to be really good. And I mean Indiana produces pretty good running backs too. So I mean you're seeing like Tevin Coleman. You've seen, um, man, who else went to Indiana? It's, it's slipping my mind right now. But it's like Tevin Coleman, and then you got a guy, Stevie Scott, who's can play now. And Samson James is a guy who actually was Ohio State, like silent verbal commit from the state of Indiana, chose to go to IU. I like them, but nah, not there. Over or under with six wins, I'm taking the under. I, I just don't see six wins for them. And Maryland, new coach with Mike Lossley. I mean, they, they, Maryland has some talent. I mean, I can't lie. I mean, Josh Jackson, from who was at Virginia Tech, is the quarterback there now. And I think if they can answer McFarland's a ball, I think he's probably maybe number two, number three back in the Big Ten. People probably don't check mm-hmm. for him because he's, you know, at Maryland. But give him a look, man. Anthony McFarland, he's a baller. And they, they've, got some, they've got some decent talent on defense. I just think, man, new coach, mm-hmm. new system, I don't think it comes together. Four wins, yeah, I don't see it. I, just, I see Howard is a win, Temple is a win, Rutgers is a win, Indiana is a win, 
and the rest of it. Purdue is a loss. Minnesota's loss. Michigan's loss. Ohio State's a loss. Nebraska's a loss. They got a tough schedule, man. I mean, they go through, yeah. you know, they go Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Michigan State their last five games. Gee, that's five slugs in a row. And they're not returning a lot of uh, help either. They they only got seven out of their 22 returning yeah. starters. Uh, whereas at least Indiana's got some, some experience. They're returning 15 of their 22. So, uh, And then you look at their offense, they're returning two receivers, a left tackle, which is probably huge, um, and then their quarterback, their tight end, and their running back. So uh, a lot of chemistry there. Um, they've got the majority of their secondary back. Um majority of their linebacking quarterback and then at least half of their uh, defensive line. So um, the the thing about those teams like Indiana, Maryland, the talent gap's just too large, man. It's just too large, too large. to really yeah, take a large. to take a, a chance on any line with them. Um, what I usually do, my strategy for teams like that is I usually check to see, like I said, Indiana, sneaky with some points, man. They they they're Don't touch them. One of those teams that honestly, if you're not paying attention, they can at least push her over with with seventeen to twenty points. No nope. people are anticipating them having like fourteen. So I don't know. I, I, I take it's, my it's, chances it's, somewhere else. I don't trust. Yeah, it's them. a situational so, thing for me. I mean, you're talking about somebody the best Mountain West over. So <laughs> hey, I mean, I listen. I you know I love Maxion Mountain West. I, I love college football. I bet a lot of college football, but I just I, no, I'm just not touching Indiana, man. I refuse. I just don't trust you. Yeah. Um, so let's roll over to the other side of the conference, which at this point I have to pause and laugh because I'm pretty sure when Jay listens to this, he's going to be looking for Nebraska, and we made him wait for at least an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a lot to say in the Big Ten East. You got, you got Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn yeah. State. When you think of Big Ten football, generally those teams pop up in your mind first because Nebraska took some steps back. Wisconsin is just not Wisconsin later in the season. They, they're usually a 10-win team at best for some reason. They always wear down uh, towards the end of the year. And Iowa's just mostly known because they do that nice thing where they wave to the kids at the beginning of the game. So um, there's not much to look forward to. But what I will say and what I want to get your opinion on, the West took a lot of my favorite coaches. Uh, obviously, um, in, in yeah. Minnesota and Purdue, actually. Are we going to see these programs take a step forward in the next year or two? Because I feel like Purdue's been kind of trying, but they just can't quite get there. And then PJ's getting his kids in and in, in, uh, playing the style of football that he likes to play. Are we going to see them eventually – take a step forward and maybe not necessarily challenge Nebraska or Wisconsin, whoever's at the top, but start challenging for at least that second spot? Yeah, I think in the next I think in the next two years you'll see a, a change in the West a little bit. I think you'll see Purdue and you'll see Minnesota. I think you'll also see Illinois get better. I think Lovey Smith is they look. They don't look like Rutgers, right? They look like they have a pulse, and they look like mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're getting it on the right track. That that program was just at such a talent depletion that it's going to take them a while. But I think if you you've seen Jeff Brom, what he done, he pulled off the big win against Ohio State, and he produced, you know, a bowl team. And I, I think that's about what I expected from him because he, I mean, he's a f- phenomenal coach, um, Jeff Brom, and he's starting to recruit. Like you said, his recruiting is starting to pick up. And the same thing with PJ Fleck. Now I'm not. I think PJ Fleck to me is more. 
salesman. But you know what? That's cool. Kids are buying into that. He's guys are coming to Minnesota. He's recruiting California. He's recruiting Texas really well, and he's getting you know the speed and the guys that he needs that he knows probably can develop in the state of Florida. That's kind of overlooked. So it's I, I think they're going to be pretty competitive in the next two. I think Minnesota is going to be sneak. They're going to be competitive this year. I think Purdue might take a step back this year, but be set to really you know compete in the West next year. So I think in the next couple of years, man, you'll see a, a different, you know, Big Ten West. And, and like you said, Nebraska. I'm not as high on Nebraska as everyone else is because I just want to see it, right? Like, it's really – I know they went 4-2 and two over the last six games, but I just know what I saw, right? And I, I know Adrian Martinez is arguably the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. And I think, you know, before the season, I think that Scott Frost is one of the better offensive guys in the country. I mean, I really like what oh, he's yeah. doing on offense. I mean, you know, he's, he's – and people watch him. I like watching him because it's still very reminiscent of old Nebraska, right? It's an option-based offense. They run a lot of power. They run a lot of counter. They run a lot of zone things, a lot of gap things. And he's very creative with getting um, Adrian Martinez outside of the pocket, but in allowing him to make plays, you know, and be the type of quarterback that he is. But that defense, man, was bad. I mean, they just couldn't stop the run last year, and they just—I don't—I don't know if they're ready to really take that jump. Like looking at their schedule, I mean, eight and a half was the line, and I mean, I feel pretty good about an eight-win team, nine-win team. I'm not ready to call them a ten, eleven-win team. You know, like a lot of college football is. I just think pump the brakes a little bit, and I, I think that Nebraska will be good. I think Iowa was going to win the West. I just like Nathan Stanley, Nate Stanley, and I. Trust Kirk Ferentz a little more, and Iowa. You know they they they're always you know quiet, right? They they just kind of they don't make a lot of noise. They play solid football, and they just end up before you know they win nine or ten games. That's my Big Ten West favorite, and I think Nebraska be really good. But I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. South Alabama's a win. Colorado's a win. Northern Illinois's a win. Illinois's a win. So I think they get a shot to start out five and zero out of the gate. I think they do lose to us. At home, I, I just don't see them beating us. I, I don't see that yet. I don't think they're there yet. They did give us a good run last year, though. I think Northwestern, they win. Minnesota, they win. You get a bye week, and then you get Indiana and Purdue back-to-back. I, I think they win both of those. And Wisconsin is a win. Maryland is a win. And Iowa is a loss. So, I, I think they're 10-2. I, I mean, that's still a very solid season. That's, I mean, that's a great season coming off of a 4-8 and eight season last year and being Scott Frost's second year. I think it all just hinges on Martinez's health. Um, yeah, if he can stay healthy, yeah. Yeah, because because um, if I recall, even the games where he didn't necessarily get knocked out, he was always kind of like a little Ganged wounded. Up. Yeah, he had a lot of injuries. Yeah. yeah, so they, they've got to keep him upright. Um, they're only returning one – oh, no, actually a lot. They're returning both their tackles. Um, I also like uh, what you said about uh, Scott Frost. And, and when you think about – a traditional Nebraska offense, and, and it does kind of remind you of when they were at their peak, uh, how they're yeah. just slashing teams with athleticism, but not necessarily coming at you with formations that would make you think that they could do the things that they're doing offensively. But they were top 20 in explosive plays, you know, yeah. and despite having to constantly battle back in, in games. And, and it's just hard for me as a, as a, um, as a gambler to even want to take the risk of, of like looking at some of these games, man. Like they gave them thirty three <laughs> to Colorado. All right, they gave up twenty four yeah. to uh, Troy. They gave up fifty six to, to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. 
Michigan goes backwards on offense, and they gave up 56, 42 to Purdue, 41 to Wisconsin. Good God, man. These are teams that are not necessarily offensive powerhouses, and, and you're were- only returning five starters from a defense that, that was already trash. It scares me. <laughs> it scares me. And but uh, they gave up on I, average 5.4 rushing yards per attempt. That's that insane. Is, that's insane. That's insane. That's a, I you they can't came, survive in that conference doing that. You cannot survive in that conference. No. Uh, Especially not in the West, where where Minnesota, I I guess you could say, everyone wants to run the ball. Especially if you can't stop the run against Wisconsin and Iowa, man, good luck. You're in for a long day. Yeah, yeah. And I will say this though, like Martinez, he, he, I mean, he's a baller, man. I think he went what, like, I think it was four straight games of like 400 plus yards. And then I think he threw for like 26. I mean, it's a quarterback friendly offense, man. And if he can get it going. Maybe they just start winning games and shootouts, man, and, like, you know, 35, 40, you know, point games where they got this, this the first to 35, man. I think that's – in the West, I think that's what people are saying. It's just like, hey, you know what, Nebraska's going to score some points, and I'm not sure if Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota can score enough points to, you know, to beat them. Yeah, I think um, they're just going to have to commit to that just out-athleting people, honestly, until they can figure out what to do on defense. And, and, I mean, I don't know if you necessarily agree with this, but at times last year, that's what Ohio State did. They just offensively out-athleted everybody. I mean, they were just too fast and and too explosive because there were times last year where Ohio State's defense couldn't stop a thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, the, we the linebackers say, hey, were probably the worst linebackers points. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, in Ohio State history. Yeah, yeah, in the first they, seriously. Yeah, and they, but they found a way to to continue to win games, and I think that's kind of what the uh, Cornhuskers have to do. And and fans have every right to be optimistic. I mean, Frost is is just he's one of yeah, the fresher minds in yeah. college football. Uh, Martinez threw for track, 17 yeah. and, and ran for eight touchdowns. I mean, he almost had uh, 650 rushing yards uh, for a quarterback. That's great. He averaged four and a half a carry, and, and you know, he's slinging the ball. It's just, again, the question will always be health um, and whether or not this program is ready to really stand the test of, of mm-hmm. the gauntlet of the better teams like Ohio State. Yeah. Um, but they do Definitely have the luxury of playing in the – softer side of, of the conference. And they also missed Michigan, Michigan State mm-hmm. and Penn State. You know, yeah. that's that's a luxury within itself to just get Ohio State. If you can just if you look at if you're creating a schedule and you're saying, man, if I can just get one of the powerhouses in the East, oh man, I got a shot within this Western division because I just don't think that there's a dominant power on that side to where they'd be like, oh man, you know, I can't get through Iowa. If you're Scott Falls, you gotta think I'm better than Iowa. I'm better than Wisconsin, and I'm probably better than Minnesota. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the schedule's favorable, and I think that's why a lot of betters and I think a lot of people in college football are really big on the Cornhuskers because, you know, they miss those three teams. The schedule's favorable. It's Scott Frost's second year. They're just, hey, and you got a guy like Adrian Martinez who may be the best player in the Big Ten. So it's, we're going to see, man. I think it'll be an exciting second year, but I'm pumping the brakes on this 11-win undefeated season like some people. I think 10-2 and two, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good season. I'm going with man, you. Hey, you got to show me without – I got to see the defense, man. I mean, <laughs> I can't call it. But I got I got to see the defense. I can't do it. But I just – like I said, just looking at any team that's given 
giving up 56 to Michigan is is scary to me. Um, That's a lot of points. Rolling in second for them, you got um, our buddies. um, Sorry, keep saying um, I'm distracted. You got our buddies, um, Wisconsin, coming in at second. I have Iowa second. I like Iowa second. You like Iowa? I kind of like – I actually like Iowa to win the West. I, I, I like them to you – know, I'm torn between Iowa. I should say I'm torn between Iowa and Nebraska. But I, I, for the sake of this show, I'll go with Nebraska as number one, and I think Iowa will be number two. I got Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, and Illinois. I I mean, I don't mind Iowa, the Iowa pick. I just, I just feel like – Knowing what I know historically about Wisconsin's program, I feel like I, I can trust them more. I will say that um, the um, magazine that I use, Al- Althon Sports, um, they do have the Hawkeyes projected second and uh, nine and three. But I mean, they lost so much uh, offensively in Hawkinson and Fant that I I don't know how you recover for something like that for a program that is very dependent on their tight end play and, and um, what we would consider like the probably most pro style offense of pro style that you can think of in regards to how that offense is run. Um, I just don't know how they can recover from losing, losing those two guys. So that's why I'm not but so I'm high on them. They have a senior quarterback play. That yeah. means a lot, especially in a conference yeah, like the Big Ten. Week in and week out, when you got a guy who's seen so much football and Nathan Stanley, Makai Sargent is a baller. And then, I mean, they got a top ten – I said a top ten pick on defense yeah. and, and um, A.J. Epineza. I think that's how you pronounce his name. So, people may not be mm-hmm. checking for him, but he'll probably be the second defensive lineman taken in an NFL draft. There's some talent there, man. And I think with Kirk Ferentz' team is they're solid, you know, and is that you know what you're going to get from them. And they're going to play to their strengths. And, you know, they're just going to – they're going to make you beat them. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes. And I think with a senior quarterback, man, and Nathan Stanley, I, I, I like their chances at winning the West. I, I think they're – I think they could be a 10-win team. Yeah, I was going to say there's one thing about them that I will give them credit for is that they're always solid and well-coached well yeah. team, uh, especially on defense as well. They they do a lot of um, what I consider uh, bend but don't break defense. So they're going to give a little, um, and they're usually very physical, especially on the uh, outsides with the corners and stuff. They're usually tall, physical guys. They're not known to be speedy, but they're so fundamentally sound that when you make a mistake, generally they make you pay for it. Um, So I I don't have any issues with anybody taking them at at second. Um, Like I said, this has them projected at nine wins. Um, Let me see what they got on my bookie. They've got – of course, they don't even have them on there. Like, scroll on down. They got them with the scrubs, like Liberty and stuff. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is so rude. Actually, they don't even have an Iowa line. So um, give me one second, and I will – oh, no, it's at the very bottom. Now, this might be the best bet. Seven wins. Oh, seven wins. I like that. Seven yeah, what? wins. It's uh the juice is one thirty five. Like, who? What in the world is going? I might just bet right, Big Ten futures. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Miami, Ohio is the win. Rutgers is the win. Yeah. Iowa State. Um, 
Man, at Iowa State, I'm going to call that a win for me. Middle Tennessee is a win. Michigan is a loss. I'm going to say Penn State, that's a push in my book, but I'm going to give them a loss. Purdue, hmm, I'm going to go win. At Northwestern, win. At Wisconsin, I'm going to give them a win. I got them losing to Minnesota, losing to Nebraska, and winning to Illinois. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I think that. yeah, I think. Man, they they got some interesting games in their schedule, though. They got a stretch of Michigan, Penn State, Purdue, and Northwestern, which, I mean, sounds like Purdue and Northwestern, but I think, you know, teams that play each other every year, that's always tough in a quote-unquote rivalry. Mm-hmm. And then they get Wisconsin. I give them nine wins. I think I was a nine-win team. Yeah, I, I see eight or nine. Stuff. I don't – Yeah. I see eight or nine I mean, for you sure. Think, I, I think I – I can't never see a Kurt Ferentz team with a senior-led quarterback being worse than a seven and five team, like I think that's yeah seven and five. Yeah. yeah, I I don't understand that at all. Like I said, you know, given historically how sound they are as a as a program, um, I don't I don't really see how how they don't win at least eight here. But um, I I like that. Um, the Michigan line still the best though. <laughs> it's still the best <laughs> line, but I, I like I like the over there uh, with Iowa. Um, just another team, you know, like like you pointed out, they could potentially win, um, win the the their side of the conference, on the simple fact that they're just a fundamentally sound team, and they generally stay healthy, and we don't really know what to expect from Martinez and Frost just yet, but um, I think at the end of the day, that will set up as one of the more interesting storylines when they do play. You're gonna have this team that's kind of fundamental and old school football versus the team that basically runs. Like that's what they do. They run. They're up tempo, wide open offense. So it will be very, very interesting. Um let's see. So Nebraska and then we're we're like I I'll go with Iowa. I'm cool with that. Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Badgers. What do you expect from the Badgers? Because the Badgers always, to me, just do the same thing every year. People get really high on them. <laughs> They'll smack around a couple teams in the beginning, and then no soon it's time to get on the road and play conference. You'd be like, what happened to Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> they like the bottom drops out. They just can never when, sustain. When the I said Nebraska is when Wisconsin is, we know they'll be a good team, but when they mm-hmm. have above-average quarterback play, they could be a great team. Now, Graham Mertz, he, I think, was the number four-rated pocket passer. He's the highest-rated quarterback recruit in Wisconsin history. And he'll mm-hmm. be better. I think I want to say last year, um, Hornibrook was – he threw 19 touchdowns but 14 interceptions. I'm pretty sure Graham Mertz is going to be better than that. But he's, he's just a freshman. And I think if, if he can – I'm confident in Paul Chris. Paul Chris is one of the better offensive minds in college football. If you really, I know Nebraska gets, you know, this. They are boring, right? <laughs> and you look at their very run first based offense, but watch their run game and what they do in the run game, what they do in the screen game. They use a lot of motion, a lot of 21, a lot of 22 personnel. I think if you watch Wisconsin and you watch the X's and O's of the game, I, I love watching Wisconsin play. And I think Graham Mertz, he'll find a way to get Mertz, you know, to be an efficient quarterback. And I think he's going to be a guy to be a three-year starter, and they'll be really good. But 
I don't. I mean, it's it's Wisconsin. Like, I don't know if they can score over twenty eight points, and you know, it's. I don't know if they, if this is really going to be the year for them. You know, I think next year will be a better year, but I think as long as they got Jonathan Taylor, who's probably the best running back in college football, I think they have a shot. I mean, they went eight and five last year, and I think they'll be an eight or nine win team again this year. I think, like you said, we know who Wisconsin is, and in a bad year, they're an eight win team, and in a great year. They could be an 11 win team, and I think it's somewhere in the middle. So I give them nine wins going into next year, well, for next year, for this year, excuse me. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, they don't know. Well, I, I I had a brain fart. I was almost about to say they got a tough matchup to start out with with South Florida. And then I realized who the coach was down there. So well, never mind. Well, I mean South Florida won't be. I mean South Florida will. I mean they should win that game, right? So what's their over and under? Because yeah. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm like USF is a win. Central Michigan is a win. They get a bye week. And they go on the road to Michigan. I think that's a loss. I think they beat Northwestern. I think they beat Kent State. I think they lose. Man, I think they lose to Michigan State, beat Illinois, um, lose at Ohio State. They beat Purdue. They beat Minnesota. They, I'll say they beat Iowa for their sake and lose to Nebraska. So that's two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's an eight-win team. Yeah, you're looking at eight and a half on the line, though. So yeah, Ooh. yeah, that that's tough. <laughs> They set that up, Mitch. I can tell by the way they set that up. That's terrible. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, okay, so how do you feel about this game? Just off the top of your head, Wisconsin, Michigan. Who are you liking that? I like Michigan this year. Um, I, I, I mean, I just lost. yeah, I just think they're just gonna out Michigan, whatever that means to people. Wisconsin, they're just the better. Wisconsin team. and Michigan State. Uh, let me see. Is that home or away? It's away. Yeah, it's Michigan it's home. State. Mm. Yeah, me. I got to go. home against Michigan State. All right. So, if they're home, I I got high hopes with this freaking Michigan State team, man. But but I, I think that could go either way. I really could see that going mm-hmm. either way. Okay. So, for this sake, we'll just say Wisconsin at home and Kansas we'll State. That's a win for them. Yeah. That's a win for them. Because, I mean, it really depends on how you feel about the Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Nebraska game. Because I think they got a pretty solid chance of beating Iowa. They got a, a, I think they're better than Purdue. I think they're better than Minnesota. So I mean, if you think they can split Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, excuse me, you think you can split one of those and split Ohio State, Purdue? Then I think yeah, they're safe at eight, eight and a half over. I think they're nine win team. But out of those big boy games, Michigan, Michigan State. Ohio State in in Nebraska. I mean, if you think they're one and three, then no, I don't think eight and a half. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it. But <laughs> that's tough, man. Historically, uh, Paul Chris is like thirty six and seven or something like that at Wisconsin, yeah. like at home games. I mean, that that gives you a lot of confidence, even playing Michigan. If they're ranked in the top twenty five in Michigan, His career. Comes visit, <laughs> we know we know Harbaugh's yeah. record. That could be an upset. <laughs> okay, it's so really I tell you good. this: Paul Chris is Paul Chris is twenty two and five at home. He's twenty two and five, yeah, at home in, in Wisconsin, and he's sixteen and four on the road. So, I mean, home that's games tough. mean a lot. I mean, that's I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. to be twenty two and five, that's so. And but now versus top ten opponents, he's three and five in his career. Mm-hmm. 
And versus top 25, he's 6 and 8. So, I mean, okay. well, I, I guess if you take that and you and you, if you take those numbers and, you know, if you're a gambler and you're just looking at Wisconsin's schedule, I guess you got to say, well, hey, look, you know what? I think Wisconsin, with a bowl win, is a 9-win team. I, I, I would feel comfortable with that. Regular yeah. season, I don't know about that. But 9 wins and a – Okay, I'll tell you what, I, I, eight and a half, I take it. What's okay. the juice on? Believe it or not, we have a caller, which I don't even know who would even get, who gave out this number. Let me check is. to see who this is. 9136, who's this? Yo, what's up, fellas? This is your boy, Mr. Gibbs, Akeem. What's happening, y'all? Oh, my oh. God. This dude really <laughs> called in to the show. All right, so, wait, before we, before we jump you, let's get on uh, – <laughs> Let's uh, finish this up real quick. So we're, we're we've got Nebraska potentially winning the West, followed by Iowa and then Wisconsin. Um, we would like we to think that Purdue, Minnesota are going to take strides, just not this year. And Northwestern, solid team, but pretty much along the same lines as uh, a Purdue and Minnesota, just not going to take that step next to to really challenge. So let's go ahead. And give the last fifteen minutes to this dude Gibbs, and let's let's hear about your campaign. Oh man, let's talk about it, man. I just think this is the year, man. I mean, I know Ohio State. You know, hey, props to them. You know, they do what they got to do. You know, Harbaugh. I don't know. Can't get out of his own way. Every time we get to them, it's always predictable. Three yards and a cloud of dust on offense. And yep. I think Josh Gaddis is the new offensive coordinator. I think, you know, I think he's going to open it up. And Harbaugh is going to get out of the way, which I think is going to be a, a big, big deal for Michigan and their offense. Because I can say probably for the first year in the Harbaugh era, I think, honestly, you know, our offense is going to be the uh, focal point instead of the defense. Because, I mean, I honestly think, you know, defense is going to be there. But there's a lot of guys that – uh that are, I don't think are proven, but they that they played, they've been on the field, so they've seen the experience. But in my mind this year, I think the focus is going to be on the offense because honestly, I think we they have too many playmakers, man. You know, you got D, DPJ, Donovan Peoples Jones, you got yep. uh, Nico Collins, you got Tariq Black. Hopefully, he stays healthy this year because he's a really good receiver when he's healthy. Got good tight end set and uh, running back still a little undecided. But I mean, I like uh, I like the freshman Charbonnet. I think he's gonna be a game changer. I see him getting at least a thousand. Yeah, he may. But then, yeah, he may. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Christian Turner, I like his speed. I mean, but I probably they're, probably they're talking about starting True Wilson in the beginning of the year because he's the best pass blocker, and I can understand that. But eventually, Turner and Charbonnet are probably gonna take over most of the reps. But overall, man, look. Jim Harbaugh, man. Like, 
it's like I, as a Michigan fan, how do you feel? Like, do you feel that he's met expectation, he's exceeded expectation, or is he exactly where you think he would be? And is he like where is he? Are you happy with where he has the program right now? Honestly, I'm ha- I'm actually satisfied where we're at right now because I remember sure. way back when. Way back when, man, we with Brady Hoke, man, that was that was a mess. <laughs> that was a hot mess. And then with uh, was Rodriguez, man, that was even a hotter yeah. mess. Yeah. So, at this point, I'm 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 actually pleased. He's getting better players. I mean, every year you can arguably say we've been in the playoff conversation until we get to Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I'm 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 I'm, I'm quite pleased. You know, I know Michigan. You know, Michigan fans. You know, they're they're probably panicking right now a little bit because how much we're paying them. But as far as that, I think he's you know he's earned his money as a coach. Because but I as mean, far honestly, as that, uh, even as a Buckeye fan, like, come on, it's, it's going to happen at some point. And I mean, what is a better time than now? Well, I mean, it's, it, I enjoy being the underdog. Listen, man, you guys, you can have it. Go ahead, Michigan. They, 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 you're right. It's their year. You're exactly right. It's there, yeah, man. I mean, but because even I always say this, like, it got to happen, man. I mean, if he, like, okay, let's say he loses to Ryan Day this year. How would you feel? Oh, man, you know what? I'd rather lose to Ryan Day than Urban Meyer, to be honest with you. (laughs) Well, you had a lot of loss to Urban. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, because if you really think about it, Ohio State was actually rolling more on offense when Ryan Day was in there when uh, Urban Meyer yeah. had his little suspension going on. So yeah, we was we was we was trying to beat Cat sixty. Then. You're right. Yeah, I, I like the way your offense was flowing. Then when he came back for that Penn State game, I was in there like, well, uh, they were looking a little <laughs> bit better when uh, he was gone, buddy. Yeah. But uh, but I as mean, far as that sixty-two thirty, arms, my bad, bro. No, go ahead, go ahead. As far- Oh yeah, as far as that sixty-two to thirty-nine, I I, well, I look at it like this. I take a positive approach to that game because if you don't forget, that was a one-possession ball game at halftime. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm sitting there like we got the touchdown off the special teams. Going in the second half, I'm like, okay, we got momentum going in, and then, and and before I even blink my eyes, the game was pretty much over. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, well, I was like, well, I look at it like this. I mean, not, I don't think it was a moral victory, but like I said, man, we've had our chances to beat them. It was our best shot, uh, and then I think I think our quarterback play was not it was horrible that year. You know, I mean, Wilton Spade, he's in, he's jacking it up at uh, UCLA. Uh, but other than that, man, I just think this year, man, I think. Well, my my, I think both quarterbacks, from what I've been reading, are going to play more this year together, for Patterson and McCaffrey. And I really like McCaffrey because I think he's the, well, he is the better runner of the two between him and Patterson. And I think he can. What's the, uh, um, what's the other guy? What's the, what's the guy that um, quarterback number seven? You're talking about um, Nixon. I think the, is that the, his uh, name? brother. Yeah, yeah Nixon. Brother. Yeah, Joe Nixon. Yeah. I like I like him a lot. I, he has he the came, best he came arm in a of couple the games. three. Yeah, I, I thought. W- w- is he a freshman sophomore? Well, uh, he, I, I, yeah, he's, he's a sophomore actually. Yeah, he's a sophomore. 
Yeah, I, he has the best arm of the three, and I like I like I think his accuracy should be a little could be a little better. But as far as arm strength, the, the boy's got a cannon. Yeah, Milton, he a redshirt freshman. He's gonna be there a while. He's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. I like McCaffrey a lot. Shoot, but as far as Patterson, man, he, yeah, he got to show me something, man, because he faded off at the end when it came to the big games. Because Notre Dame, he kind of laid an egg. And Ohio State, he laid an egg, but we'll see, man. I ain't no we'll see. You already said it. We already know he's about to go down. <laughs> University of Michigan, national, your 2019 national champion. Right. No, uh, I don't. Hey, I guess, hey. I guess if Ohio State can't get it done for me this year, I'll just wait for Clemson or somebody to do it. <laughs> Shoot, man, like. Like I said, man, these guys, I mean, the talent, I mean, we've, we, I mean, we're catching up in talent. I mean, recruiting-wise, Harbaugh, you know, has gotten the, gotten the guys he wants to get in there. I mean, I think we're competitive enough, but Harbaugh's just been in his own way. And uh, yeah. now with Gaddis as offensive coordinator, I think we can, he can, we can actually open up the offense a little bit. Like I said, we've got too many playmakers for us to be three yards and a cloud of dust. <laughs> So you think eleven and one, twelve and zero? What do you what do you think? Eleven and one? I I say eleven and one because at this day in college football, man, going undefeated is pretty yeah, tough. tough. I mean, it's Clemson tough. did it last year. Clemson did it last year, but I mean, granted, they're in the ACC, so. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 no shade, no shade at Florida State. Wow. I'm just no, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, no, Florida State, trash, man. Um, let's say y'all go eleven and one. I guess that makes you automatically. Can you, do you think Michigan can get in with two losses? No, uh, not at all. Absolutely not. That's not they can't well, can't do that this year. Well, let's say their losses are Notre I, Dame and Ohio State. Man, I, I see that Notre Dame game is tricky because Notre Dame actually has a pretty solid team. Yeah, Notre Dame. And I like Ian. Yeah, and I like Ian Book as quarterback. I thought, like, like I said, I think they would have beat us worse had Ian Book started that game against us last year. <laughs> yeah. So, because Winbush, wait a minute, Ed Winbush, uh, Winbush, he's at uh, one of them Florida schools. He's at Central Florida. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I was like, man, look. <laughs> that dude is terrible. That's going to be the first. That's <laughs> This first game, uh, That I mean, we should breeze through the first part of the schedule. I mean, you got to go at Middle Tennessee State and Army. But then again, I hey, say Army, Army might be a little tricky. Yeah, the CIA. Air Force messed with us around. Yeah, y'all be the best. Yeah, yeah our Air Force messed around with us last year, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. I don't think we should be playing military academy. You know, me being a former Army guy, I'm like, look, this is not, it's not the business right now. Is there anybody uh, outside Ohio State uh, in the conference that you would consider a trap game? Oh man, well, you guys, y'all were talking about Wisconsin, weren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that might be the one. And I think Sparty. I think, I think Sparty always. I mean, that's that Sparty Michigan rivalry. That Michigan State Michigan rivalry is. I mean, people always talk about Ohio State Michigan, but Michigan State and Michigan is pretty serious too. I mean, you know, Mike Hart called him little brother, and these guys, yeah. you know, and with Antonio, you know, like it's a that's a tricky game for Michigan. I think they're better. But D'Antonio always plays Michigan tough. That, yeah, that's true. That 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 that's facts. I I agree with you on that one. But you know, um, who else? 
I gotta relook at that schedule. But yeah, I think Iowa. Uh, Iowa. I don't think we have Iowa this year. I may, I may be wrong, but yeah, I, I, my thing is Wisconsin. I think they're always tricky because of their running game and how they like to slow down the clock, just like Michigan State. Like, and I agree with you on that one. But I think Wisconsin, in terms of, per, I think they got better personnel offensively to give Michigan a run. So. And y'all play Notre Dame I, late this year. Y'all play them October 26th, I think it is. Like y'all played them what, like second or third game of the season last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got yeah, we got Notre Dame pretty late this year. And I, and I said, like I said, that's gonna be that's gonna be real interesting. I, I really think that's gonna be interesting because Notre that's Dame. A robbery game. That's I, a I think robbery. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think because Notre Dame, you know, they're gonna have their little. Give me games in the beginning, you know. I seen their schedule. I know their toughest road game, home games, what Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Virginia's, Virginia's gonna be okay, but I mean, let's let's be real yeah, here. Like, but, what, uh, yeah, let's be real. No, today, yeah, yeah, man. But but other than that, man, like I said, I, I'm really excited about Gaddis, man, as the offensive coordinator, man. I think he's really gonna open it up for us, man. I really do. So this is Michigan's year. You going on record saying that? This is it. Oh yeah, man. I, I, to win the win the whole thing, I, I think we'll win the Big Ten. To be real with you, okay. Now, yeah, we're not we're not talking far. about yeah, we're not talking about anything post playoff. After that, y'all just in the way. <laughs> but like for the conference though, this is y'all's year to, yeah, to, I think to get over the hump. I think as far as the conference, yeah, I think I think we're gonna take it this year, man. I really do, man. I just Harbaugh's gonna have to come come through eventually. But. All but right, well, well, say, bless your heart. Yep. When Harbaugh is coaching in the NFL next year, I don't want you to be mad about it, okay? It's just you know what? You know what's funny? You said that, man, because a guy at my job, he was like, hey, Harbaugh's going to the NFL. You know it. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> don't don't put that bad juju on us, man. Please, like, don't do that. <laughs> Might be good luck for y'all. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, man, yeah, thanks man. for calling, man. Um, thanks for calling, we'll, man. We'll, we'll definitely get you on. When we uh when we do the weekly show for college football, no man, hey fellas, man, I appreciate the time, man. I I holler at y'all, man. All right, man. All right, man. Go Buckeyes. Well, <laughs> I go blue. <laughs> I guess we will. <laughs> Both of y'all can kick rocks while I care. Trying to take V. That's crazy. Um, v, any so closing uh, comments, Marcus? Anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to go I back mean, to? Uh, not really, man. I think we cover everything pretty well, man. I think that, you know, it's going to be a wide-open conference. I think the Big Ten is the second-best conference in college football behind the SEC. And all the money's, in, you know, on Michigan, man, and it's, it's Harbaugh's year, man. But I'm excited to see Ryan Day and excited to see Justin Fields and see how it all plays out. So it'll be a good season. I'm ready. All right. Well, um, I'm always interested and eager to see the season um, take place, especially the Big Ten who I secretly think is is overall top to bottom a better conference than SEC. I don't care what people say, oh, and people are going to get mad about don't that. But the, that don't get the haters started, man. Started. <laughs> that is that is my my campaign, and I'm I'm just waiting for it to all come full circle. SEC obviously <laughs> top top part part of the SEC is definitely um, the elite of the elites, but. The sum of all parts is not that much better than the Big Ten, if you ask me. So, um, but we will touch on that when we do the SEC program. Uh, thanks again, Marcus, for calling in. So, just to do a recap, no problem, man. Our, best, our best bet: Michigan's 
uh, over nine and a half wins. Uh, we've got Michigan. Well, he's got Michigan winning the uh, Big Ten um, overall. And then we've got uh, Nebraska coming out on the other side, okay? Yep. All right, man. Take care. All right, man. Until next time. This has been Win Some, Lose a Little, Big Ten Preview. I extended a little bit, but we had a caller. And then also this conference is far more entertaining than the ACC. So we just wanted to touch base on on all the teams and and their potential for this particular season. So tune in during the week uh, once the season starts. We'll definitely have a weekly show where we'll do some recaps uh, based on our previews as well. All right? Mm -hmm.